With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at vocnation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Talking Stats. And happy Thanksgiving. So I want to share just a couple of things that I am very thankful for this year. And the first one is you guys, all of my listeners and my watchers there on YouTube. I'm so excited that you guys have made this a successful podcast so far. You guys give me lots of feedback and it's amazing. So thank you guys so very much from the bottom of my heart. And also I'm thankful because today marks the second month, end of the second month actually, that I started talking SAS. So I've had nine amazing guests so far. And today I'm going to add another two to that. That's right. We have two guests today. And you know what? I couldn't be more excited for all the guests that I actually have coming up, the two today, plus what's going on for the rest of the year. Now, when I tell you, don't forget to subscribe to Talking Sass, either on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform. It is because I have so many amazing guests coming up that you really are not going to want to miss a second Talking Sass. I know I say that every time, but it's the God honest truth. You don't want to miss what I have coming up. So make sure you go and do that. And while you're at it, if you would like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash sassy Steffi. Just starting at $2. That's right, $2. That's less than a cup of coffee for an entire month. You get exclusives that only my Patreon members get. And as you go up each tier, each tier gets more and more exclusives. So make sure you go and check that out. And you know what, last week I also talked about Dan Murphy needs a title for the segment of his show. Well, 
my show, but you know what I'm saying. So he needs a segment name. And, you know, you guys have reached out and told me a couple of good ones, but nothing's really clicked yet. So I really need you guys to reach out to me and give me some more creative and fun names for Dan Murphy's segment. So go to Twitter and Instagram at Sassy Steffi and let me know. You can either leave it in a comment or you can DM me. All my DMs are open. So keep it PG and let's have some fun, okay? <laughs> so now let's talk about my two guests today. They are both well-traveled professional wrestlers. They are both very successful in their own rights. I could do an episode on each of them separately, but it just so happens that they're quarantining right now together. And they have some awesome news that they're going to share with us. So can't wait to hear that. Stick around. And we're going to talk about some crazy stories that have happened with them. We're going to talk about the circumstance and why they are actually quarantining right now. And even maybe a little bit of Mandalorian. Have you guys checked that out? That show's amazing. So every Friday, I'm like at the TV ready to watch that. So at this time, I'm so excited to announce that this episode has Mike Bailey and Veda Scott. Hey guys, welcome back to Talking Sass. I am so excited because today's episode is not one, but two guests. And instead of being two separate segments, it's one. And this is a very happy couple that I'm very excited to talk about. So help me welcome Veda Scott and Mike Bailey. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Now first, let's get one thing straight because I know Mike, you addressed this on Twitter. You guys are newly engaged. You're not married. We are not married. Not married. Uh, okay. Yeah. We, uh, oh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. I have a ring now. Yeah. Uh, we are not married yet um, because we still have to sort that out. Uh, we intended to do this a while ago, and maybe we would be married by now, but due to the border being closed, uh, we haven't hadn't actually seen each other for over nine months. Yep. So, wow. So, well, for- we have to go on pause. Well, first, congratulations. I'm happy for you guys. And I'm sure everybody out there listening also is very happy for you guys. Now, if not, they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) Hey, that works. A little bit. That's fine. It's YouTube and it's a podcast world. Nobody really puts an explicit language barrier (laughs) on any of it. That's smart because sometimes you try to avoid saying quote-unquote bad words, but then end up saying something worse it's in the process. Like if I go, they can go fudge themselves. That's actually a lot worse. Like that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> go with the good old go fuck themselves. Yeah. You might as well go with the, go with the original word you wanted to go with. Classics for a reason. Yeah. So now you guys, like you said, you guys haven't seen each other in nine months due to what I hate talking about it, but it's in every podcast anyway, because of COVID and the border restrictions. For those who don't know, Canada and the U.S. have had shut down their borders completely for the last nine months, but there's been a few exceptions, and you guys finally got one of those exceptions. Can you explain that situation? Because I know we were talking about it earlier, and it's quite complex. So the border between the states and Canada is closed for good reason, because it's a mess in America. Um... true but so like the border closed and there's been some exceptions for like um like trucks can go back and forth for like trade and transit and then there was an immediate family exception so like you could reunite with your spouse 
or your like bring your child over to reunite with the spouse. Like it was very, very narrow, immediate family exception. And then last in the beginning of October, they opened up an exception for extended family. And that included um, grandparents and I believe step parents maybe, unless that was immediate family. Like they opened it up, broadened it a little bit. I know grandparents and also um, people who had been in a committed relationship for at least a year and you had to have met each other in person before that. So it couldn't like be exclusively an online relationship. It had to be at least a year. And um, we had to fill out a form. There's like a form that we both had to fill out, a government form. And then it had to be notarized as to like the length and like duration of our relationship. And then there was another form that had to be filled out. I had to submit all of that to the Canadian government. After two weeks, we got approved for that. But then that approval is just um, an immigration approval. So then I had to take all this paperwork, um, all the paperwork, my passport, everything to the border for them to approve me there. And they approved me to cross and stay and for like a short period of time. Um, so it's super strict. I've never, every time I've crossed before, um, like to come see him or to come visit family has been like basically, what are you, what are you doing here? And I say, I'm coming to visit my partner. And then they just let me through for the most part. This was like a lot stricter and they're very, very restrictive. But, um, but yeah, so it was a whole process. But we did it. Yep. That wasn't exciting, but it is a whole process. But that's why I'm here. Cause some people have asked like, oh, did you like sneak over the word? Like, no, I didn't. Cause you can't. Cause yeah. Right now. I don't think there's <laughs> any way you could possibly sneak over. No. I don't think there was any way beforehand, but yeah. especially now. And, uh, and so like the exception means that I, I can, come over here but I do have to quarantine so we're in quarantine because he's also not uh leaving the house not going to work not seeing anybody for 14 days um and then there's like an app that you have to check into so super strict about it uh in America maybe not so much but here they are so yeah <laughs> well I mean I've been doing the podcast in September so a little over two months and like I've talked to people who want to go across the border or whatever. And like, it's just not possible. So for you yeah. guys to have that exception, finally has got to feel really good to you guys, especially since you guys, you guys were traveling the world. Like I love like watching your relationship through the different countries that you guys have gone to. Like I, I loved recently you guys posted the Paris picture. You guys just yes. decided one day well, about a year or so ago now <laughs> to go to Paris and you just did. Well, so like that was the whole thing too with us is because we, uh, like I was not in a situation, like I wasn't prepared to relocate completely permanently to another country. And he travels so much wrestling. He primarily wrestles in Japan or did wrestle in Japan and Europe. Um, and we, most of our time together was then spent coordinating work, coordinating wrestling mm -hmm. around seeing each other, but also like being in different places. So we got to travel a lot with that. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time like looking at pictures and videos and remembering when you could do stuff. And we've also <laughs> like places. we've also had to try really hard and be really smart about like it's easy when you travel for wrestling to just get caught up in that. Like I remember my first trip that I ever did for wrestling, which I was two months in Mexico, and I was alone and like I like. Being in a new place, sort of by myself, was a bit hard, and I like I kind of struggled with that, just like figuring out what to do for those two months, like completely relocated, not speaking a language, mm -hmm. and 
like being together we've like been smart and we've done the right thing in that instead of just like for example going to germany and living there with the wxl which we did for two two and a half three months or something yeah yeah like whenever we had time off would take that and do a, a little trip and same thing we'd go to wrestle in england and then whenever we had a free week we would always go and try to get a cheap flight to wherever we yeah. could spend the week and that that's, was really close. that's amazing so let's take it back because i don't know the answer to this question and i've been friends with you both for a while where did you guys actually meet so we're not sure uh we okay. think it might be so we we've we've been friends for a very long time mm-hmm. so we think that where we probably met were those old CZW WSU double headers that used to happen mm-hmm. uh like at the flyer skate zone because uh I did WSU we did WSU together yeah. and uh and he always did CZW so we think that probably that's where we met for the first time but with like Twitter and like the internet and everything it's like hard to place that uh but we we known each other for like a very long time just as like rest people in wrestling and like i was a big fan of his anyway and then just like became friends and for just over time and would see each other at shows and then obviously eventually we stopped seeing each other at shows because he was no longer coming to the united states right um but we we definitely were friends like before that Mm -hmm. so we've tried to like figure this out too and we're not sure but we think it was probably those shows were where we met for the first time when I was thinking about this, when I, when I asked you guys if you guys wanted to come on the podcast, I'm like, it had to have been CCW and WSU because I remember there was a couple of times where Mike's like, hey, why don't we just ride to the shows together? And I'm like, I leave at like two o'clock in the morning. And yeah, he, was, he was with like uh, TDT and some other guys here from Canada. And they're like, yeah, we're not leaving at two o'clock in the morning. Well, so if, like, if anyone listening doesn't know this or remember these shows there used to be these double headers where like the wsu show would happen in the afternoon like mid-afternoon yeah. and then the cdw show would go until like midnight or later mm-hmm. so it probably like i i think that 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 was like a monthly occurrence for a long time yeah for well, i would say a good at least year yeah maybe the main, longer most of the time when we drove down to the shows it was just me and bucks Mm-hmm. Belmar, who would go together sometimes, T- like a few times, TDP came and then assorted other people occasionally, but yeah. mostly it was just me and Bucks. And Bucks does not drive, so I would usually just drive down nine hours, wrestle, then drive back. The and I, I remember these shows being miserable for a myriad of reasons, but mostly because I used to have to, I used to oftentimes have a show in Cleveland on the Friday and then would have to drive directly to. Jersey, basically Philadelphia, but uh, on the, but from Philadelphia. So I was basically coming back home. Yeah, in order which to do the show. You know, now that I think about it, you were in Cleveland so often. It's amazing that we never actually ended up riding together to these shows. But then it would be like, how would you get here, and how would we get back? Kind yeah, of thing. Like I nine, think is what it was. Nine out of ten, I was doing that Cleveland drive. Like I was coming from Philly, doing the show, and then had to like come back to Philly or go back to somewhere. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was always like going in the wrong direction. But yeah. we we think that's that we assume that's where we met in person uh for the first time we've we've been friends like you know those like wrestle friends you friends for a long time oh yeah like all blends together and then uh eventually obviously he stopped coming to the states 
And I would still see you sometimes though at shows in Canada when yeah. you were still doing Canada because I was doing Smash uh, pretty often. And then, uh, yeah, then eventually after we ended up getting together, we started to actively like coordinate these working more together shows together like trips together yeah and i mean you guys like i said you guys are traveling the world you're developing your relationship at the same time the first big thing that we did together was we had both talked about how so he had wrestled you wrestled in england yes a couple and germany a couple times before and like i had really wanted to do that and it's part of the reason why i I had a, a contracted position with with Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and part of the reason that I left was because I wanted to do more traveling. I wanted to go live in Japan for longer than I had been able to before, and I wanted to go wrestle in England. This is when like wrestling in England was becoming like hotter and hotter and hotter. I wanted to do it so bad, but I couldn't get like that amount of time to go and do it. So that's right. part of why I was like, I got to just go do this on my own. And so he knew how much I wanted to wrestle in England and he wanted to go back and do a long trip in England. So one of the first things we did, like a, I guess you'd almost think of it like a first date kind of thing, <laughs> but it was ridiculous was we committed to going to England uh, for two months uh, and living there and training and wrestling and traveling around. But it was like one of the first things we did as a couple yeah. was to go to England and just live uh, in some guy's uh, best spare bedroom for two months and like figure out traveling and wrestling and training together. And it was great. It was the best. So <laughs> you guys literally were living that uh, gypsy lifestyle. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course the wrestling and everything, and now you guys are back together where, you know, but you guys have done like a lot separately like you mike you've been all over the world beta you've been all over the world but separately you guys have done a lot of things too like um well mike we'll start with you first you're of course you didn't start in wrestling you started in taekwondo you're a fourth degree black belt if i read correctly on the internet which sometimes those are incorrect but you're fourth degree right that is probably the one piece of information that you'll find about me that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of incorrect information, since we're, t- we're talking about things I found on the internet, I told you that I found a smash Reddit thing that you had done where you were being basically asked questions by people on Reddit. And you said you wanted King Mabel to induct you into the WWE Hall of Fame. And both Veda and I had to correct you and let you know that he had unfortunately passed. <laughs> like three years before you even did the interview, which is like three years ago now. So he's been gone for like six years. Yeah, rest in power. I think, so thinking about this, what I think I meant, or at least what I hope I meant, is that I would have liked to be introduced by okay. King Mabel. Like ideally, like I knew it wasn't possible. It's okay. not like I just threw that name out there because I didn't know <laughs> like how to answer the question or anything like that. Not that at all. It's because okay. I, I think I wish that I would that makes sense understandable now so i know from being in quebec that you guys didn't have a lot of wrestling here for wwe you had live wwe raw but it was in english and that's not your first language no so probably i started watching wrestling when i was like seven and for the first probably like i don't know five years or so that i watched i didn't speak speak much english and so I didn't really have a lot of the context, which is funny because I remember clearly the first time that I ever saw wrestling on TV and like that was it for me 
It was Kane was trying to set the brood on fire. And I was like, that was great. And like, I had no context at all for what, what was happening. I had no idea. This was Attitude Era. I remember the, like, the storyline where with Al Snow, sorry, Big Boss Man feeding Al Snow's dog back to him or something. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, I probably had very little context when I watched that. Also, I know that that storyline was not exclusively on Raw. It happened other places, but I had no access to those other places. We can rewatch it all now. No, I don't yeah. want to. I could just tell I really you don't the want to. Right now. Don't. This is a horrible <laughs> storyline. Don't want to watch it. He's also no longer with us, by the way. That is true. Yeah. R.I.P. Al Snow. Oh, Al Snow absolutely is. Yeah, right. Al Snow is still with us. <laughs> Good. There you go. Pepper the dog, though. Yeah. Pepper the dog, long gone, uh, both in storyline and I assume in real life. Mm. R.I.P. I, I am amazed that you even remember the dog's name because I wouldn't have had a clue. I'm seeing it all happening before my eyes. It's <laughs> amazing. Now, Veda, when did you get into wrestling as far as watching it on TV and stuff? Uh, so I, I actually have no idea because I don't remember a time when like wrestling was not available in my household. Uh, I have a younger brother, and I just remember us always like watching wrestling and having wrestling around. So always, probably. Uh, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, so that East Coast wrestling scene is pretty strong. It's like a big, still a big deal there. Yeah. Uh, I know, like on my, I know my uh, great grandmother was like a huge, huge wrestler. She was a lived in New York. She was a big Bruno San Martino fan. Like my family has been like, there's been like wrestling in the periphery the whole time. Uh, but yeah, so I don't, I don't have like specific memories of like, oh, this is when I first saw wrestling. Cause I kind of like remember it always being there. Nice. Now, of course, you I was a big boss man, actually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, of course you trained with ring of honor. You were trained with, uh, Daisy Hayes and delirious, right? Mm-hmm. Mike, where did you train up here in Quebec? <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit everywhere, to be honest. Like, okay. The first wrestling training I ever got was when I was 14 and my older brother was 16, where he was old enough to take classes with the IWS, and he would kind of do the classes and show me what he learned back at our Taekwondo school. But then, like, I got trained with a bunch of, by a bunch of people. I got trained by uh, Fred Lamerveille, but the training was more like we went, the show was Saturday, we'd go on Friday, we'd set up the ring, and then we'd mess around. And, like, for the first probably, like, I don't know, six years of my career, I never got any, like, real actual training. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I, I, a, like, that's quite a bit of time. I know. Um, I tried very hard to, like, watch and learn and, you know, talk to people. And I would always be, as soon as the ring was set up at every show, I still am, <laughs> as quickly as I can get in the ring and try to, you know, work on stuff and practice with people. There was always, you know, uh, people there to help me with stuff but it wasn't until like very very late in my career that I got actual formal training I like I've trained Mexico since I've trained in Japan and like but you know it took such a long time for me to get some real training Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. Like, I guess I never realized that. Like I said, obviously, we live not that far apart from one another. We're in the same city. And I saw you on all sorts of different wrestling shows here when I first started coming to Quebec. So that's crazy to know that, like, it took you that long to get some kind of formal training. Yeah, although I think a lot of the training that would have been available around Montreal was not, like, excellent. Oh, can you agree with you there? Right. There was, so there was You a- were probably better off, like, you and Felix <laughs> just, like, teaching yourselves how to wrestle. Right. Well, I mean, both of you were in Taekwondo anyway. So, I mean, you guys are already fairly athletic. Anyhow, him and his brother, who is Felix, that uh, Veda mentioned. So, he and I started wrestling. Like, as soon as when we saw Kane and the Brood, we literally that very day took our mattresses on, off our bed and started, like, giving each other suplexes and doing flips on those <laughs> mattresses. So, like, I've been wrestling. Like, we did backyard wrestling for. 10 years, I guess, before I, I actually got in a real wrestling ring for the first time, which, like, I think is perfectly valid experience. There's so much of wrestling, like, actual professional wrestling that happens right now that is not at all practiced in wrestling class. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I see that so much. Like, a lot of wrestlers will teach, like, bumping and chain wrestling and all the basics, and then when people have their first match, they'll include all the, you know, cool stuff that they want to do without having ever practiced it. <laughs> so I feel like there's very little difference. It's a little dangerous, though, if you ask me. I mean, but hey, to each their own, you know? What it, I mean, I have to admit, when I went to wrestling training the first time, I, of course, learning the bumps the, and, and running the ropes and that kind of stuff, the basic stuff. And then, like, my first day, like, actually training with, like, the class, I saw one person do a Hurricanrana, and I was like, I want to do that now. And they're like, you need to build up to that. <laughs> Just hold on. Like, let's learn how to do a suplex, and then we'll work up to a Hurricanrana. Hey everybody, just wanted to take a minute to tell you about my friend and big supporter of the show, Apparel Line, Ruddy Lad. My wardrobe is filled with these t-shirts. They're so comfortable and I am not the only one who feels this way. You can find celebrities enjoy them too. Everyone from WWE's Big E, Sheamus, Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown, UFC icon Chuck Liddell and Conor McGregor's training team, to the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Bono from U2, Phil X from Bon Jovi, and actors too, such as Chad Michael Murray, and so many more. Ruddy Lad was also featured on Dragon's Den on Netflix. So head over to ruddylad.com, help support them, and make sure raise some proper mischief. So what's the plan for you, Mike? We know that you had the, the band for five years, and yep. that's coming to an end. Are you planning on trying to get signed anywhere or are you just going to go and try to do independent dates and see what happens, basically? I am not actively planning anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the best way. Right. I mean, I've been very, very happy with DDT. I've been happy doing indies. Of course, I am like, you know, uh, in terms of like long-term goals in wrestling, I want to make a million dollars and and wrestle on the biggest shows on the planet. And like, however that'll happen is fine with me. Very but, like, nice. You can't you 
independent wrestling in the United States is not like an option for you. No. It's just like legally it's not an option. Right. Right. So that's probably the one like door that's kind of closed. Um but other than that, like it'd be cool if you could go back to Japan for a while. I can't go anywhere right now, but still. Yeah. <laughs> is that is is that your favorite place to, to wrestle? Is it Japan? Is it Germany? Mexico? Where is it? So far it's been Japan. Yeah. Yeah, there's nowhere in the world where the like the audience pays as much attention to the wrestling as they do in Japan, and that's sort of like that shines through like a lot in the wrestling and how, like in Mexico, of course, when people go to watch wrestling, it's usually hey, Lucha's in town, let's go get drunk and barely pay attention unless someone's diving to the outside. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, they really the audience really pays attention to all the details. And DDT, for example, which is where I wrestle has the same, let's say, 50 people that go to every single DDT show and know the wrestlers and understand the storylines and pay attention to the details. And so you can actually have something that'll pay off in the long term because they're they're paying attention, which is not the case in most indie wrestling and wrestling that doesn't have like commentators and, and replays that can show and highlight exactly what you want to convey to the audience. But okay. I just... There's a lot to do there, and it's it's amazing. And Veda, I mean, you've been all over the world as well. Where's your favorite place to perform? Um, so we had actually said, like, last year or pre-COVID, that what we wanted to do was just relocate, just move to Japan full time, um, because it's just it's also my favorite place to be for wrestling and otherwise. Um, I don't know, like, so my favorite, honestly, my favorite places to wrestle are not, like, one place. Um, I really enjoy going places, this is, like, a DDT aside, uh, I really enjoy going places that are, like, um, like, new or growing wrestling scenes, I think are really fun, like, mm. be it a newer promotion, or like, a city that's never wrestling, or a country that barely has had wrestling before, um, th- that's really what I enjoy when you come upon like a new scene or a growing scene where there's just like a lot of enthusiastic people who want to perform and want to like build up what they're doing. I think that's kind of my favorite thing. So it's not like one place or one promotion or even one country, but that atmosphere I think is the most positive one. I agree with that. Yeah, I would have to agree with that as well. Cause I mean, it's, especially when you go to an area that hasn't had pro wrestling ever, or hasn't had it in a long time the way that those people like really like grasp onto your characters and what you're doing in the ring. It's just amazing because they haven't had it in so long. They're just like, I'm here to appreciate everything, whether your heel face doesn't matter in between doesn't, doesn't matter to them. So, so that's, that's really you see why pro wrestling is such a, like such a good art form. Yeah. Right. Because when pro wrestling is done well and when like when pro wrestlers are objectively good, you can't put them in any environment where they won't be able to put on a good show, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's fantastic to see that because pro wrestling is fun. Pro wrestling is great. And the best thing, the best place to put it is in front of people that have never seen it before. Don't have like any like expectations or biases in terms of what they're seeing. They're just enjoying pro wrestling for what it is, which is basically exactly. like the art of putting on a good show with as few limitations as possible. I love that because I mean, me, if you see me wrestle compared to especially Mike, because you're, you're all over the place in the ring compared to what I would be like, they would appreciate both art forms. Whereas if you're on a match before me, and then I come out, they'd probably think I was pretty boring, like for people that are expecting bigger things, you know what I mean? Because 
now they've seen you and you're shooting stars. And then you have me like, I gave a suplex. <laughs> well, so that's not true at all. And I'll nope. tell you what. I've, okay. I've seen loads of your matches. And I know like the way a pro wrestler can become objectively good is by performing in front of various crowds. Yeah. Right? And figuring out what works and being able to pay attention to that and keep it. And I remember uh, when we were wrestling, like for, when we were wrestling for WSU, seeing your matches and you had some things that you like you had pretty much a formula to your matches or something that you would employ mm -hmm. because it worked every time and that's something i could i really like appreciate about your wrestling is how consistent you were oh well thank you well yeah i did like i was for me i was i'm very old school style and i know what works for me and what yeah. doesn't and when i'm a heel even more so because I want to put my baby face over to the heavens. Like the more over they are, the more they hate me. So right. like, it's, it's a formula that I just had worked out every time. And I'd be like, okay, what do you guys want to do? Like to my baby faces and yes. Veda, I'm sure you can, you can also agree with that too. Cause we've worked each other a few times, Yeah, but like, I always want my baby face to always have, like, I'll sit and catch you all day, but for me to do some high-flying stuff isn't really my forte. <laughs> Although there was one, one match that Veda and I had against Lofisto in Ohio where I was a baby face, and I did have to do some kind of flying <laughs> around a little bit. <laughs> but so you guys now back together. And Veda, you've been actually pretty busy during quarantine. I mean, obviously, we know you, you're keeping your relationship with Mike, because obviously, I know from being friends with Mike and his brother, they're like, I'll be like, yeah, so Mike, you want to come on my podcast? Yeah, sure, no problem. But like, I talk to Veda every night on the phone for like a couple of hours. So I just got to, <laughs> you know, move it around there. But I mean, you were doing other things as well, because you were with AEW as a commentary team for the women's tag tournament. And then you've also done a couple of AEW darks uh, matches. How has that been working for AEW in quarantine? Um, super cool. Very unexpected right now, because like I thought that pretty much everything wrestling related would just be paused for me for a while uh, for, for most people um, because I wasn't in any way pursuing like any independent work during COVID. Uh, it just wasn't, something that really like worked with my lifestyle uh i didn't feel again people will make the choices that they're going to make and that's fine mm -hmm. none of it really like worked for me in terms of travel and everything and then this opportunity with aew came up which again i thought pretty much like everything would be like paused for the next however long for me in particular and this opportunity came up uh, and their their protocols for everything are uh, just top of the line, um, and I felt like it was something that I was I was comfortable doing, and obviously an opportunity that I didn't want to give up. But genuinely, it's not something I would I would have if I didn't feel like it was, if I didn't feel safe that it was safe for me, safe for the people around me, etc. And and I did, and um, so that's that's how that kind of came up. Just that, like, I had figured that I was not going to be involved in wrestling at all while this was happening or performing or um, leaving my house, like, anything. And uh, when the opportunity came up and I felt comfortable with everything, um, yeah, I got the chance to do the – it was a women's tag, tag team cup tournament. Uh, and then subsequently to that, I had the opportunity to do a couple episodes of Dark, uh, hopefully more in the future, 
Um, but yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, to this is the first. So I I've, I've worked obviously with um, with Ring of Honor before. I've done commentary for for Shimmer, for Finn Fatale, like many many independent promotions. But mm-hmm. this is really the first um, like uh, television announcing that I've had the opportunity to do because uh, Ring of Honor obviously high high tier. When I was there, it was like they were still kind of like things were still coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I this the experience of like being on a headset and someone communicating with you and uh again the three three person booth which is challenging versus uh, sometimes i just call shows by myself and that's something that i was used to or or two people like me and dave prezak or whoever um the three person booth is challenging with people that i had so taz is someone that i've known for years uh he used to have a radio show of a radio type podcast show and then a full on radio show. And I used to do a segment on that many, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've known, I've known Taz as an acquaintance for many years. Uh, obviously Tony Schiavone is someone that I've known of for many years as just a legendary announcer, never met him before. Um, Excalibur, I've been acquainted with him and, and a big fan of his work for a long time, but not like we never worked together. I never worked with any of these people before. And so this was my first opportunity to really like work with like the pro pros, like Tony Schiavone. And then of course, JR, um, which is like upper echelon into the stratosphere level professional announcer. Absolutely. Uh, Nothing like nothing but good things to say about absolutely everyone involved on their broadcast team. But then like being around someone like Tony Schiavone, who is, when I say a pro's pro in terms of announcing, it's just incredible. The amount of like, he's, you know, he's, he's feeding lines, he's doing the bumpers, he's doing it all. And it's like just the amount of just professionalism as he's working a billion hours a day at a taping and filming all this stuff, like floored me as someone that I'd watched since I was young on, on WCW right. throughout the years. Um, but yeah, I'm just babbling now because it was just, it's been such a positive experience and I can't believe that I got to work, that I get to work with these people. Um, but a lot of it was just like me. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I'm doing here. Uh, I think I know what I'm doing, but I've never really worked in this environment. I hope I don't screw it up. And them just being so professional that they can kind of like them steering the ship is, has helped me so much. And I learned, in terms of like, I'm sure you're familiar with this just from all the podcasting and, and broadcast work that you've done. And even just in wrestling, like mm-hmm. learning on the, like on the job, it was like the ultimate, like on the spot learning experience. Cause number one, you cannot mess it up. It's too important. But also when you have people who are so seasoned and so professional, like you cannot help but just like absorb their knowledge and then getting feedback from them, I think has helped me a lot to become better and better. And uh, honestly, not to like keep babbling, but I love professional wrestling. I love my work as a wrestler. I consider myself to be a pro wrestler. I've been doing it for, for eight, nine years now. This experience made me realize that what I actually want to do is to, to be an announcer full time. Like that's, that's the way that I want to transition or even moving into a more behind the scenes role. Like that's the direction that I want to go. And that's kind of how I'm trying to steer my, steer my own career now. That's amazing. I was going to ask you, did they give you any sort of advice while you were there at AEW, either from Shivani or JR or Excalibur or even Taz? 
Um, yeah. So like, they're all again, super professional. They give, they give a lot of feedback. They're, they're willing to give tons of feedback. Um, everyone is constantly, that's an environment that I think is based on learning too. So that I just see constantly like people giving and getting feedback because again, a lot of the, the wrestlers are not, don't have decades of television experience. They're people who were on the independence a year ago mm-hmm. and now they're, now they're on TV every Wednesday night. So there's a lot, there's such a, it's such an environment of like, there's people like who have been who were with WWE for most of their career and have been main evented WrestleManias and now are here to kind of guide other people who don't have that experience and that like give and take I think is really special and really cool to see a lot of it was I didn't know a lot going into the experience like what it would be like at all and it just it in my experience, it was not only was it nothing but positive, it was just so uh, encouraging. I've said that. I was like, I've not been in a, I'm going to be honest with you. I've not been in a, in a locker room. I'm talking about the, the women's, the AEW women's locker room. I've not been in a locker room ever before that was that just like positive and encouraging and welcoming, especially when you consider like the level that it's on, mm-hmm. that this is, you know, this is international television and it felt it it felt like everyone wants everyone to succeed. And I think that's really cool. Oh, that's got to be wonderful because, I mean, even in some of the locker rooms that we have shared, even if most of it's positive, you can still feel like there's someone yeah. in there that doesn't have that same positivity as everybody else. Well, and, and that's what's frustrating is it's like, why when you're, this is like meant to be like, this is your, you're going to go out there and perform in front of 25 people. It's meant to be for fun. You're making $0 to do this and you're going to be garbage to someone. And then to step into like this level of production and this level of just notoriety and, and the budgets and the, the, the camera and the whole thing is just this huge production. And to feel like the goal is for everyone to succeed is like, why, why, why is this not like this all the time everywhere? So no, I thought no that was really cool. Again, I have nothing but positive good things to say. My experience has been nothing but positive and, and awesome. That's amazing. And it's so good to hear that like somewhere like an AEW who is, like you said, up and coming, but there are people who have been in WWE, that it's that give and take that people are willing to, you know, give their advice and people are willing to take yeah. it so that they can basically both excel at a different level in a right and again that's, this is just me speaking on my personal experience but like i was not shocked by that like not like oh i thought it would suck because i didn't at all but i was just shocked that it was like non-stop just like encouragement and positivity and i feel like that was just the environment and that's great and i mean hopefully we'll be able to see you back there very soon i mean who knows with COVID going on and everything, but yeah, we'll see. But I think I was going to ask you with the broadcasting, you feel that that's more your forte now? Cause I mean, that's how you said you feel like you're steering your own path in that direction. Do you feel that that's where you're going to excel for the majority of your career now? Um, so I just think that, so again, wrestling for me is like, what am I doing? That's fun. And what am I having fun creating? Mm-hmm. And I love being in the ring. I love putting together matches. I love performing that aspect of it is fun for me. But when I'm doing announcing and commentating, I realize that I feel like exhilarated the whole time. And so maybe this is just on a completely selfish level, whether or not I'm any good at it, it's where I feel the best. Well, I mean, 
It makes sense. But I think if you're excelling to the point where you're on national TV, I would say you are doing pretty good. (laughs) But even if I wasn't, like, even if I sucked, but it's what feels the best to me, then very selfishly, that would be what I would like pursue that high. Like if this is where I feel the best and this is what's the most fun, that's going to be what I go after. And when things stop being fun, then I'll stop doing them. Oh, makes sense. I mean, that should be the way it is in the world anyway. Like you just go out, have fun and do what you love to do. And then if you don't love doing it anymore, you switch it up. All right, guys. Well, it has been awesome talking to you guys. I don't want to keep you guys forever because I know you guys don't get to spend a lot of time together and haven't been together for the last nine months. To be fair, we are in a two-week quarantine right now, so we do nothing but spend time together. (laughs) But after nine months, that two weeks is going to fly by pretty quick, I would imagine. We did a puzzle today. We are doing a puzzle. (laughs) We did not not did a puzzle. The puzzle is in progress. Um, It's a puzzle. So uh, Athena sent me a puzzle, a a baby Yoda puzzle. Uh, and I had started it, but it's a very difficult puzzle. It's a baby Yoda puzzle, Mandalorian puzzle. It's very difficult because the colors of it are mostly like browns and creams and then like the baby Yoda green. It's only a 500 piece puzzle, but it is like deceptively very difficult. So I brought it up here to see, uh, if Mike, I've never (laughs) called him Mike ever, uh, to see if you wanted to try it. And like, I I could have scripted out exactly how it would go, and yet I still surrendered this puzzle to him. So he opens it out. We start taking the pieces apart. Uh, we start separating them, and things are going well. And within, like, 15 minutes, he is, like, laser-focused on the puzzle. And it's all he's going to think. You've been, like, itching to do them. His fingers are going to sort the puzzle pieces now. I am currently thinking about where, like, you sorted the pieces by color, of course, as you do when you're doing a puzzle, and, like, separated them. And now I'm thinking, oh, that piece that had this line, it could fit there. So, honestly, the longer we stay on this interview, the longer it'll take to get back to the Well, then, in that case, are you, uh, are you guys watching The Mandalorian? We are, yes. Mike, I, I, that look on your face. Baby Yoda right here. <laughs> the child. No, it's Baby Yoda. It's just Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Yeah, no, we, we just watched the latest episode th- today, right? Because it just came out. Yep. Yeah. Time is nothing right now. We have no idea <laughs> when it is. But yeah, we just watched the latest one. Awesome. See, I know I still have to catch up on that. My As Mike knows, my husband is a huge star wars fan so that's like one of the things that we aim to do every friday night is we sit down and watch the mandalorian and their newest episode although i wish they honestly were our episodes like this half hour i feel like i'm just getting like a little teaser and i'm like i could have used so much more well also it's weird uh this is gonna sound like the dumbest thing but it's weird to like watch it and then have it be over and there have there not be another episode to watch because like i don't have television like i only watch things on streaming so whenever Mm -hmm. i go to watch something it's usually like there's already the whole like season is there to watch so it's very weird for me to have to like to know this is just like parsed out week to week i don't have the i don't have the attention span for that i want it now i feel like the way the show is going it's gonna like they're gonna milk this for all it's worth and it's gonna be like there's gonna be like 20 seasons worth of mandalorian Mm -hmm. and then in 2042 
when we can go back and watch all 24 seasons of The Mandalorian back to back, that'll be where the money's at. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I think if you look at just, I mean, you have the baby Yoda there. I don't know. I think they're pretty, they're pretty uh, doing well with the money right now. Cause I yeah. mean, especially the Christmas season. Yeah. So there's, there, so I have, of course I have this baby Yoda here, uh, which I like impulse bought when it first came out. Cause I was like, Oh, that'd be fun. It actually is really cute. Like, I mean, I, I'm not a, a baby, so I, there's not a lot I can do with it. It just kind of sits there. <laughs> but it's cute. I have a, uh, we added it up. I have spent, uh, I believe, $75 on Baby Yoda merchandise thus far. That's enough. Um, I have a Baby Yoda hat. I have, what else do I have? Yeah, the Baby Yoda hat. Sorry, you have the Baby Yoda doll, this guy. Yeah. 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 And you have the other Baby Yoda pillow. There's a pillow, yeah. It looks like a Baby Yoda, but it's a pillow. These are all impulse flies. The hat, the socks the kitchenware oh yeah so pyrex which i love pyrex containers the glass yeah. containers uh they have come with like, lots of different themed ones there is a full star wars themed pyrex set that's really cool it has little c3po's and little r2's on it but they just came out with baby yoda pyrex so i and they were hard to find so i managed to reserve two of them and when i went to pick them up they had gotten a stock so there was two so i ended up with like a lot of baby yoda pyrex like that's amazing i just bought it all um the baby yoda makeup palette oh that is true i, I did buy the ColourPop baby yoda palette but but that's a practical purchase because it's greens and golds and that's what i wear for makeup so it actually i use that one there's yeah, a color but, but now i feel like we've definitely surpassed that 75 dollars that you said that you have spent on just <laughs> baby so, yoda stuff because so, the pyrex the pyrex alone is not cheap so, but I don't count that because I'm giving some of that away as a gift. Okay, understandable. So that's going to my sister-in-law, and she's going to get some of that. Hopefully, well, hopefully she's not listening. <laughs> I would assume that she is not, but it's not a proper gift. It's a, I left it with my mother and said, if I'm not here, hopefully I'm not here for Thanksgiving, can you please give this to her? You bought the six-month supply of Baby Yoda chewable morphine? <laughs> The chemistry that you two have together is just adorable. I'm so glad that everybody on my podcast is going to get to see this togetherness. Or if I could sum up our relationship. Please don't. It would be just like a collection of bits. <laughs> like, we, we can't sing those in public or do anything, but we have so many, like, songs and just accumulated bits and characters and... So there'll be times where we were talking about traveling and I was saying that we were just sitting around, like, scrolling through trolling for, through your phone and my phone and like looking at old trips and like a video will come up and like I'm doing a character in the video and that character was like in constant rotation at the time has been lost it's two <laughs> years ago so the character is gone but then we'll remember like oh remember we did like this character for a while or like what and it's insufferable I would imagine to be <laughs> around. and that's why we mostly keep to ourselves <laughs> But no, you guys are awesome. I think when you find those bits, you should put them on social media for everybody to enjoy. Just to be like, don't judge. No. This is just who we are. No, that doesn't work. Okay, so here's the one bit that I will uh, that that I will talk about here that I will feel comfortable. And this just goes to explain why it shouldn't go on social media because it's not funny when you explain it. I have to do it without context. It's only funny as an impulsive thing. So 
we where we a place where we stayed at in England is called Coventry, and there is a very very sad minimal mini mall. Sorry, <laughs> and outside of that mini mall is a little like kids. You know, you pay you put twenty five cents and it like it just rocks. A ride. A little yeah. Little okay. Ride. Yeah, and it's an ambulance, and on the ambulance is a cat and a dog with an X over plaster. A like bandage bandage over his eye, right? And so the character, well, the character is because there's a cat and the dog, and the dog just complains and he wants. And he has a really whiny voice. He's like, "When are we gonna get to the hospital?" Right? See, it's not funny it's at not all. Funny. It's not funny. Whatever the dog, the dog, you listen to me to take me to the hospital. <laughs> I hope that maybe we will go soon to the hospital. And it's not funny, it's not but funny. man, that dog going to the hospital figured prominently into our everyday lives for like a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I forgot about it, so you found a picture of it. Right? And she's just like, this is awful. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we don't share any of it. And it's we, all bad. If it's we not all bad. I'm finding it hilarious. I'm sure <laughs> other people with my sense of humor or your sense of humor would also find it funny. If you explain it like, Look, this dog needs to go to the hospital and it's a children's toy. <laughs> it would be hilarious. You give it that little bit of context and you're good to go. Or the cat. The cat also has the cat this. also has a little story. And we're actually wondering if that ride is still there. because uh, we haven't been to Coventry for a year because we haven't been able to leave our own countries. We're wondering yeah. if the ride's still there. Well, I'm sure I see my little uh, statistics every week, and I do have people listening in England, so maybe someone in Coventry will go and see yeah. if that thing is still there for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll plan, like, when you guys get married, you should go to that little ambulance and be like, this is our little spot. We're finally taking you to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, I understand the like whole um, weird sense of humor thing. So I totally get it. And like, you know, so I'll keep you guys a little bit longer so that you guys don't have to be completely indulged into your your puzzle. But my husband and I also had a very similar situation to you guys, minus the COVID situation. So I lived in the States, much like Veda. And my husband, Chris, lived here in Canada. And for me to come across the border it was like, I would usually fly, even though driving's not that awful. It's about eight hours, but wrestling, eight hours is like no big deal anymore. So I would come in and every time, and this was after we were married, because we were married, we went to get all the paperwork done. And when I would go to, I go to the the border control people and they'd be like, okay, ma'am, you need to go to immigration. I'm like, okay, it's a normal occurrence for me, no problem. So I go to immigration when I get there, they'd be like, okay, uh, why are you here? I'm like, I'm visiting my husband. And I would always get like this weird look on from their like faces. And I'm like, look, I'm American. He's Canadian. We don't have our proper paperwork yet. It's the rules. And that's what I'm here for. Uh, okay, well, have a have a nice trip, I guess. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, thanks. But there was one time it was so awful because Chris is waiting obviously he knows when my plane lands so he gets to the airport a little bit around that time maybe a few extra minutes so that i can go through customs and all that and they happen to be filming uh border wars or whatever the show is on tlc and there was every single person that had an issue with their passport was sent to immigration and there was literally 300 people (laughs) in that line 
And it was so awful because literally I go up, I tell them I'm here because I'm visiting my husband and they let me go like right immediately. Cause I mean, they got used to seeing my face because normally there's like two, three people max yeah. in, in that area. And so it's just awful. And then like, like I said, for him and I, like we were able to travel all the time to each other. We weren't going overseas, like to England and stuff like that together. But I mean, we were able to see each other pretty frequently because I was either wrestling here in Canada or because of the job that I had at the time, I was able to take time off to come up here for, you know, holidays or, or whatever the case happened to be. So like, I couldn't imagine how we would have survived our relationship with the border being closed if that would have been that. So for you guys, like, I, I can't say like enough, like how crazy it is that you guys have been able to sustain this amazing relationship together you're you guys seem even stronger together than when you're apart and it's amazing i like i'm so happy for you guys thank you um i'm not gonna be like i'm not gonna give out relationship advice like i'm dr phil or something but there's one thing like i i do feel comfortable saying because i'm not the one who came up with it i heard it on a podcast that was that had for a guest a relationship expert or something mm -hmm. but like the main thing to keep relationships alive is just creativity mm -hmm. right and so through all the time that we spent apart all the times that we spent together like traveling and stressed out and on trips that seemed like they would never end and like even the loads of like the like last nine months that we just spent not knowing when we would see each other next like it's just been about caring and figuring out creative ways to still enjoy our relationship and spend time together. It would have been easy to get complacent, but mm -hmm. just keep yeah. working at it. It's beautiful. And I don't, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I know for Chris and I, what we would do is every night when we would go to bed, we would FaceTime each other and then just put our phones like on like a stand or whatever and then like when we wake up in the morning whoever was first would get to see the other sleeping so like that was our cute little like i'm sure he's gonna like when he edits this he's probably gonna be like i can't believe you shared this story well, <laughs> like one, one thing that genuinely has been nice about the whole border closing covid thing the only thing that's been like a positive is no we haven't been able to see each other but uh so he's rarely in canada when things are normal mm -hmm. like really you're in if we're not in europe together or japan together like he's in japan on his own and because of the time difference everything is basically like complete opposite mm. and we actually would get to spend less time together and talk to each other less just because of the time differences so because he's been here for he's been in canada for nine months and we've been in the same time zone that's actually been really nice we probably have spent more time you know communicating with each other during this just purely because we actually were able to and it wasn't like he was awake while I was asleep sort of thing so mm -hmm. that's actually been like one benefit <laughs> of no other benefits <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it's a blessing that you know you guys find these creative ways to make your relationship work and everything and so I can only imagine when you guys do finally get down the aisle and say, I do where your relationship's going to go from there, because it's just going to be one big <laughs> giant, like fun time in my, like, I know you guys say you're doing a puzzle, but knowing you guys and seeing you guys right here, like, I know you guys are having like so much fun just being with each other. 
Yeah. Yeah, it'll be nice, and we'll have the greatest wrestle wedding you've ever seen. <laughs> now those don't usually go very well, you know. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 in the conversation. Let's say. <laughs> well, when Chris and I were talking about getting married, the only thing, well, it wasn't the only thing. One of the things he wanted was, and Mike, I don't know if you remember this conversation being told before, but he wanted Psycho Sid to come to our um, our reception and pi- um, power bomb me through a table. And I was like, this is absolutely not happening. <laughs> like, no. Where we're at right now is like, again, we're, we're still trying to figure out a timeline because for us, and I'm saying for you and Chris, I'm sure like, a lot of it was like legal considerations of, of like when and where is best like legally for us to have a life together. Uh, so where we're at, and this is just life in general, is like I want um, no celebration uh, if nobody knew about it, that would be fine with me. Uh, nothing. And Emil wants a full uh, wrestle wedding. Yeah. So, Best Man Royal Rumble, bouquet on a pole. So somewhere in the middle, it'll happen. Oh, man. Well, if it's here in Canada, I will. if you invite us, I will let you know our SVP is already down in the books for you guys. Your book. So the thing is, I don't know if you just get invited or you're going to, like, win a tournament to be invited. He hasn't <laughs> made that clear. Like, again, like I said, well, somewhere in the middle there, it'll happen. Right. Versus my, like, oh, yeah, we've been married for eight months. We didn't tell anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, that's a, originally what Chris and I wanted to do is we wanted to have a big wedding. We ended up just doing the Justice of the Peace thing because it was so much easier just no headaches. We had Sounds a reception. Awesome. That's Perfect. it. Yeah. Perfect. Like, so at the end of the day, especially now that you guys are engaged and once the legal thing plan- pans out the way, like trying to plan a wedding after all the legal things that you're going through, trust me, just doing it the easiest way is going to be the best way and for like you. The, the, the third candidate is my best friend got married in Vegas. It was freaking awesome. It was the best. Obviously Vegas, there's some loopholes and hurdles to get through for that in general but it's freaking awesome so yeah. i'm willing to sell for something like that but we'll see how about a full-on hell in a cell painted white i've already done a cage match in a wedding oh, yeah, dress actually true. hell yeah <laughs> aiw yeah in cleveland sold, i sold the gear though so i have to make it <laughs> yep but i'm just somewhere in the middle there somewhere between tell nobody vegas and wrestlemania well i mean like i said once you guys figure it all out all that all that actually matters at the end is that you guys are married and together and the law can't separate you that's that's the goal right that is the goal all right guys thank you so much for being on my podcast i wish you i wish you guys nothing but the best and like i said if the invitation's in the mail chris and i will be there (laughs) All right. Have a good night, guys. Until next time. Thank you. I am so grateful that Mike and Veda came on and shared all of their stories with us today because, I mean, I mean, they're quarantining, so I guess they don't really have much else to do. Like they said, they're just doing their puzzle there, but I'm so happy to have them. And you know what? If you guys are celebrating Thanksgiving with your family and friends, please stay safe. Keep some hand sanitizer on hand and make sure that you stay social distance at least as much as possible because this thing is no joke as you hear from Mike and Veda and the stuff that they had to go through just to spend this time together right now. So 
Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Talking Sass, and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into like snuff film territory there. In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out, WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You getting ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.